How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. This is Golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market, more than just your family neighborhood steakhouse. Now with award-winning PGA professional Harold Bluestein, here's your host, Jason Swigard. Been a fine good morning to everyone. Welcome to May. As it uh, bringing some uh, some welcome news in the world of golf, Stone Creek reopened yesterday. Started uh, taking rounds out there at Oregon City, one of the more popular municipal courses here in the area, and of course the state of Washington on Tuesday will start uh, allowing golf courses to reopen as well. There are golf. Play. Yeah, there it is. Good uh, Tuesday's fantastic. I'm going to get out and play. I have not played because I've been busy with meetings just about every day. So I haven't had a chance, and they're in the middle of the day, so I haven't been able to work around yeah. it or outside of it. I got 45 holes in last week. That's amazing. That's that's a lot of golf for you. That's almost a full year. Almost, but I'm I'm bound and determined. One, I don't have much more else going on. <laughs> Kids in college yeah. uh, don't have a dog anymore, unfortunately, and so... You need a hobby. Yeah, so, and reworking and trying to figure out how to swing golf club again 30 30 plus pounds lighter is is one just need to get out there and do it and experience it and see what i feel and i'm trying to be uh, as our buddy fred shoemaker would always say be in the moment of the golf swing try and recognize what's going on what you're feeling when good things happen when bad things happen yeah just trying to take it all in so that's good are you reading about golf now too you got a little bit yeah got a golf digest subscription well most of their stuff's online Okay. Morning read, a lot of morning read. All right. So, yeah, morning read's good. Do you, uh, I mean, it's fantastic. As a matter of fact, it keeps you up to date on a lot of stuff. Uh, I steal their information all yeah. the time. Uh, but nothing specific to how to swing a club or? Uh, are you trying to tell me not everything that comes out of your mouth is just completely original? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Everything that comes out of my mouth is completely original. But you just admitted to taking some of their stuff. All right, now let me let me explain. 
Amateurs copy professional steel. That's right. Welcome so, to radio, Will. Is that how you've been making it all these years, Harold? I, of course. So just the last 70. <laughs> So, so yeah, we're starting to uh, we're starting to uh, get things in, and then starting to see some consistent things. So, uh, no longer am I slicing the hell out of the golf ball as was my biggest problem many many for many years. Yeah, you meet, and now you're hitting it a left. Now we, I'm going left. We we could talk about that a little bit in the uh, tick se- tips <laughs> segment. Whatever. Well, I, I hope was there's in. not a tick segment in here. <laughs> Did you say a tit segment? Yeah. No. <laughs> I did not. Come on, Will. Yeah. That's my segment. <laughs> That's center and saint stuff. So we will we will talk about that a little bit. You meet a different class of people on the left side of the fairway. That's what I'm finding. <laughs> Pardon my allergy situation. Uh, then you will on the right side. Yeah. Um, there are more microbreweries guys on the left side, and the Coors Light and the, the other guys, the Bud... Light guys are on the right side. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's the whiskey guys that are right in the middle of the fairway that I'm trying to find more consistently. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's my... We're the 20-year-old scotch, yes. blended scotch whiskey that's, guys. That's what I'm middle. trying to find. Uh, so we'll get to that. Troy Andrew is the CEO of the Washington Golf Association. He has been working tirelessly with the Washington um, Golf Alliance as well uh to get to the point tuesday where we see governor inslee is uh allowing golf courses to reopen uh there are a few more restrictions and guidelines that they will have to follow than uh what we've been experiencing in oregon so he's going to join us at 8 15 kind of explain it if you've got a question uh or you want to know something you can text us on the fan text line 55305 uh we'll try to consolidate them uh, for mm-hmm. those of you up in clark county uh, and make sure we try to address as many of the issues, uh, questions that you have about reopening up, what you're going to have to do, what you won't be able to do. Uh, but the biggest thing is the courses are, will be allowed to open, and I know uh, that's going to be a big relief to the operators so at least they can have some income coming in. And, and for golfers up there who've been waiting or maybe they don't want, aren't comfortable traveling on the other side of the river, um, but you're going to have an opportunity to get out there starting Tuesday. And then at 845, Jeff Simons, director of resort, uh, resort services down at Bandon Dunes, is going to join us. They have been shut down. Yeah. Um, obviously, theirs is a little different because it's more resort. Uh, people go there and they're staying for a long weekend or a full week uh, with the hospitality services. And so they've been deeply affected uh, by uh, COVID-19. So we'll find out what's going on if they are making arrangements to start to bring things online soon. Obviously, Sheep Ranch is the newest course. That was scheduled to come online in June, uh, June of this summer. So we'll ask them kind of what the status is of, of things down at Bandon Dunes and uh, as well as the Caddy Fund. Um, the caddies uh, probably the most affected down there because they're not employees of of Bandon Dunes. They're independent contractors, and they've been hit hard. Yeah, there's a lot going on at Bandon. Uh, just in the community, they've done some things. So I'm a, pretty excited to hear what Jeff has to say. Oftentimes we forget that a golf course affects an entire community, not just the golf community. Well, especially but entire... Bandon Dunes for that community down there. Yeah, they – yeah, in a way, they depend on on the golf course, uh, not exclusively, but uh, the golf courses there have a huge impact on that community and have for the last 15, 20 years. So uh, excited to hear what's going to happen with opening new ones, how they're going to handle people coming in from out of state, 
Uh, so excited to hear from Jeff. Yeah, we got. I got a lot of questions uh, for Jeff uh, on on what's going on down there and and how they've handled the situation. Uh, we got a couple of notes from uh, the professional tours. We want to get to here as we kick things off. The LPGA Tour uh, earlier this week released a revised schedule. They are going to try and crank it back up in the middle of July, July fifteenth through the eighteenth. They are looking to resume tournament play. Uh, with the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational in Midland. Uh, so they will uh, have three tournaments before they hit a major, the Evian Championship over in France. Uh, they'll play the Ladies uh, Scottish Open the following week in August and the middle of August, the uh, Women's British Open. Uh, there has been an adjustment to the Cambia Portland Classic uh, out at Columbia Edgewater. It's been moved back a couple of weeks to September 17th through the 20th, but that is one of the tournaments uh, that they are looking to keep on the books. So after they're done uh, over in Europe, they will come back. Uh, they'll hit the uh, Arkansas tournament, the Walmart. Then they'll play the uh, uh, the Canadian Women's Open up in British Columbia, start of September, go down to California, pop up to Portland. And then they'll try and play the uh, Women's PGA Championship October 8th out in Pennsylvania. And we know the uh, U.S. Women's Open was rescheduled uh, for no or no December down in Houston at the Champions Golf Club, December 10th through the 13th. So they are trying to put as much of that schedule back together, but giving themselves another month uh, from when the PGA Tour wants to restart. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. And you and I were talking before we went on the air that you have so many international players that you can't just say, okay, let's start. Uh, and. So they're gonna they're really gonna hold off till July. My concern as I look at their schedule, and they, they will have a total of twenty-five events before the end of the year, if all goes well starting in, in July. Uh when I look down their schedule, I'm seeing the Scottish Open, the British Open. Uh I don't even know if Europe's going to be open. They have the Avion in, in France. I have no idea whether the France yeah. is going to allow that tournament to happen, whether the, the Brits are going to be comfortable bringing people in from outside. Their restrictions over there have been much greater than ours here. Uh, smaller countries, you have an issue with the, with the virus being more compacted with a smaller population. So there's uh, quite a bit to, to be concerned about here in the U.S. We're spread out. There's parts of the country that aren't experiencing the same uh, pandemic uh, impact as other parts of the country so uh because we're so darn big yeah but i'm wondering what's going to happen to the lpga when they start looking at going to china again and and all over it's it's a truly an international tour unlike the pga tour which is not yeah and and in order for them to have a field that's representative you you really need those international players now the question is how many of those international players also have residences in the united states maybe they have been here uh when all this started to happen and you know obviously for playing golf and and competing on the tour uh, it's easier for some of the top players and and they have the means to do it uh for the pga tour they announced uh kind of qualifications and uh, tour status adjustments for the PGA Tour. Uh, basically, anybody that had status for this season will continue to have status 
for the 2020-2021 season, whatever that may look like. Their uh, priority may change, but if they had status this season, uh, they will continue to have status next season. Uh, the biggest impact locally is that uh, you won't see the traditional uh, 25 guys getting their tour cards at the Winco Foods Portland Open this year. The Corn Ferry Tour uh, won't have that provision. Uh, they're putting in a special a performance benefit. So the top 10 on the final Corn Ferry Tour points list after the Tour Championship, uh, they'll get access into some PGA Tour events in 2020-2021. But basically, most of the guys out on the Corn Ferry Tour this year are going to have to continue playing another season before they get a, a real shot to get their PGA Tour cards. Well, they, there's a lot going on there because uh, in Portland, we rely on the excitement of, of seeing the top 25 from Corn Ferry graduate. Now they will not. Uh, I I think there's more to come on this. I, I th well, this is all assuming they're able to start playing and the tours are start able to play again when they want to in, in June and keep things moving. So well, it, this kind of separates instead of, of being a truly uh, developmental tour where they graduate to the PGA tour. This is good. The tour is going, corn Ferry is going to be separated from it and uh, they'll have uh, 17 events, mm -hmm. I guess. So they, there's plenty of golf that they'll be playing, but they don't have that same uh, carrot in front yeah. of them to graduate. Uh, they'll have to wait another year. And this really clogs up all the developmental tours that feed into Corn Ferry. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the, the trickle-down effect. Obviously, the uh, college golf season got canceled, uh, at least the finish of it. Uh, for the spring in, in the big uh, conference and NCAA tournaments. So you wonder then maybe some of the guys that thought about going pro after this, the top players, uh, if they'll stick around, if they have eligibility remaining in college. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. We'll uh, we'll be checking in with uh, Jeff Sanders and our friends uh, at the Winco Foods Portland Open in the in the uh, Corn Ferry Tour, trying to get some more uh, understanding in the coming weeks of of how this is going to affect it. It could be a little blessing in disguise in that. Um, Do you think this is fair? This this change? I don't. I, I assuring think, these players that they can't lose their card if they fall out of the top one twenty five. Yeah, it, it's just so. It, it's just so unique i don't know that there anything that is fair right at this point so uh, yeah i was thinking that i'm not sure that they, yeah. they had any choice i don't think they had any choice but hey uh looks like our friend troy andrew ceo of the washington golf association's calling in right now so let's take a break we'll talk to him as washington courses are set to reopen on tuesday how that's going to happen and what you need to know if you're heading out there north of the columbia it is uh, golf in the northwest on 1080 the fan 816 here this morning, this first Saturday of May. And uh, it brings good news for golfers and uh, golf course operators in Washington. Earlier this week, Governor Jay Inslee announced golf courses throughout the state of Washington will be allowed to reopen beginning Tuesday, May the 5th. And joining us now is the CEO of the Washington Golf Association, Troy Andrew, uh, helping us understand uh, some of the... Um, regulations and, and what golfers are going to need to have in mind uh, when they call their courses and uh, start to head out for play. Good morning, Troy. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes for us here this morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for uh, 
for having me on. Well, yeah, I know uh, those of us uh, that live uh, south of the Columbia River have been able to uh, to enjoy golf here throughout the uh, stay-at-home orders, things a little different uh, in the state of Washington. So uh, take us behind the scenes, though, for the last month, month and a half, just uh, the work that's been done to get to this point and how golf course operators have, have been trying to cope with being completely shut down for six or seven weeks. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, just like uh, everybody's hearing it over and over again, these are strange times. And uh, so we have uh, certainly uh, been in that category for the last uh, month or so here from a golfing standpoint. And really, uh, you know, when the governor came out and and, and mandated his first uh, order, stay home, stay healthy order, um, there was a little bit of a gray area of where golf courses fitted into that as an essential business or not. We found out pretty quick, I think it was around March 25th, uh, that golf was not uh, an essential business, uh, but the maintenance of it was, so we got clarification on that, so golf courses could continue to maintain, you know, their product and not let it go. Um, so that was the beginning of the shutdown in late March or right after the 25th golf courses started shutting down quickly. Um, and then of course, uh, the stay home, stay healthy order then got extended to May 5th. So we spent a lot of time, our, we have a golf Alliance of Washington, um, of, you know, made up of the PGA section and golf course superintendents, club managers, and of course, Washington golf. And we got together and, uh, and discussed the best approach with the governor. Um, you know, it was a day-to-day not knowing what this virus was going to look like, where things were going to go with it. But uh, we just changed our strategy to uh, trying to get golf open as soon as the order that he had put out on May f- to, that was extended to May 4th that we could open uh, on May 5th. And we took that approach to be respectful of the governor's wishes and be respectful of, you know, everything that's going on and, and trying to do the right thing. So we didn't push hard to open between now and May, but we just made a lot of cases to get golf courses open. And, and golf course operators were ready uh, to follow protocols. They were doing it before we were shut down with, you know, no touch in the flagstick and no rake bunkers, things like that. Uh Troy, uh, Harold Bluestein here. I, I serve on the Golf Alliance of Oregon, and you were on our uh, conference call we had uh, discussing the same issue of, of golf courses being open. Uh, and I'm trying to understand. I live in Vancouver. I play in, in mm-hmm. Vancouver. Uh, I'm a golf professional up there. Uh, and we're part of the Oregon chapter and and such. So I'm trying to understand, and maybe our listeners are a little confused here too, is what's the difference between Washington and Oregon? Why was the decision made to, uh, that golf courses were essential in Oregon and they were not in Washington? Well, we asked that very, that very same question, uh, and I think that's what has made it more difficult uh, here in Washington is, is seeing our neighbor states um, playing golf and certainly the same thing was happening over in Spokane. People were trickling over to northern Idaho and, and playing golf. And, um, you know, that was a question we threw out. And, and the the response uh, we got from the governor's office was that Washington uh, had just far exceeded the amount of uh, people getting the virus and the death rate was higher, quite a bit higher than 
than Oregon and Idaho. And the fact that, I mean, for a while there, as you can remember, we were somewhat of the epicenter when this thing was all starting. So um, I think uh, Governor Inslee just, uh, you know, wanted to uh, make sure that our numbers weren't going to continue to grow so much greater than our neighboring states. And, and that's the response we got back, uh, is that we were just in a different category in the level of this virus. Troy Andrew is our guest, CEO of the Washington Golf Association, as uh, Washington courses will be allowed to uh, reopen uh, on Tuesday, May the 5th. And so for... Uh, all, uh, all the golfers that have been anxious to get back out there want just to feel somewhat normal, get out. The weather is supposed to continue to improve uh, next week and warm up. What do they need to be aware of before they get out there uh, so that they can, uh, one, not have to be turned away for some reason if they go out there, and two, make sure that uh, they can enjoy the golf without uh, endangering themselves or anyone else? Yeah, we so there's, uh, you know, similar to around the country, there's some guidelines that uh, we worked directly with the governor's office on to get golf open. Um, you could make the argument that a few of them are a little over the top for the time being. But I think from a golfer's standpoint, um, you know, in Washington, we've, we're, we're wanting people to utilize online or, or phone tee time reservations um, when you show up. Don't expect to pay for, with cash. You know, it's credit card only. We don't want to, golf courses aren't going to handle any of the cash. Um, and then, you know, in regards to the group or who you're playing with, uh, right now, uh, foursomes are allowed if they're from the same household. Uh, but there is a another stipulation right after that that says no more than two players from separate households per tee time. So, very confusing, but at the same time open for interpretation so that you could have threesomes. But uh, just avoiding no more than two people per household. So, you know, my son and I could go out with one of you and play golf, and that's a threesome and that works. So just knowing that those guidelines are probably going to be important um, and, and planning ahead. And then uh, and just knowing they're going to play a golf course that is following some unique guidelines right now, you know, no bunkers. So you're going to want to smooth out those if you hit it in the bunker, uh, like I do all the time, uh, you'll want to smooth out those uh, footprints with your foot. Not There won't be breaks out there. Uh, the cups, people are getting creative with the cups. Some are raising them above the hole. Some are flipping them upside down so that you don't have to reach into the cup. You just grab it. Um, you know, there's food and beverages going to be limited out there. Um, you're not going to be able to rent equipment or clubs. Um, and then just everything else, social distancing wise. So in single cart riders, uh, are, uh, it's not walking only it's, but if you do take a cart, uh, yeah, it's a single cart riding uh, situation. So lots of those things. And that that's posted on a Washington golf website as well as the governor's website. Um, and we're hopeful we're going to review that with them on a weekly basis. And we're hopeful that maybe we can ease up on a few of those to, make it easier for operators and still easily be able to uh, be, you know, practice social distancing. As you guys know, the, <laughs> the game of golf lends itself very well to social distancing. Yeah, the way uh, Jason and I play together, there's a lot of social distancing there. The, uh, our golf balls rarely, rarely come in the same spot or land in the same spot uh, on a hole. The, uh, I don't know if our listeners are aware, and we, we've we been talking here a lot about the golfers. 
What about the employees? What protections are being uh, and restrictions uh, or protections in place for employees uh, when they go to work at the clubhouse or in the pro shop? Yeah, great question. We uh, so that that was a big part of putting together the guidelines uh, to get golf open. And you guys may have heard that uh, one of the first uh, things that opened was construction, um, just residential construction. And so we soon followed after that. And at first, the governor's office tried to model that from an employee safety standpoint. But uh, when you start looking at the two. Uh, in what employees do and the interaction with customers, things like that. It, it was apples and oranges. So uh, a lot of things will be, uh, a lot of golf courses will be required to ensure that they're following all the L&I requirements to protect their workers. Um, you know, the six-foot separation between staff and customers at, at all times. Uh, a lot of golf shops will their employees will just stand outside so that, that there's no congregation inside the uh the golf shop area uh they'll have gloves will be required to frequently wash their hands um face masks if if appropriate um you know a lot of golf courses are stocking up on those of course sanitizer uh you know in many places as they can and then and then just constant the fact that the staff's going to be constantly sanitizing uh, the equipment and all the touch points um, will will put them in better safety. So it's going to be, uh, I think that's the number one concern for golf courses is, is to put your employees in that, in that situation. Um, fortunately, I think a lot of people are just excited to get back to work and um, we'll do the right thing and, and we'll provide that safe environment for them at the golf courses. Well, I'm concerned about the employees having to enforce all of the social distancing and uh, issues here because there are some players who don't think that this is a uh, that this virus is a problem, and there's others who take it very seriously. Uh, how are we going to enforce this? Is there any way, anything for an employee to fall back on uh, from the state or from the county, the city, or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I think that yeah, that's a great point, and I think that's what you know. You go into this situation nervous for those exact reasons, and um, you know, w w certainly employees won't be uh, mandated to come back under this the, the stay home, stay healthy uh, order we're under. So it's really optional to the employee to to be back. Um, but then also, uh, again, there's all kinds of L and I requirements, special requirements that have come out that uh, the golf courses are going to follow and in regards to, uh, you know, policing this, so to speak, um, there is some language in the guidelines about, um, golf courses being able to, to marshal, you know, more of the golf course, but the whole facility and, and trying to ensure physical uh, distancing. And, and if we need to, you know, um, if necessary, uh, you know, give people warning or ask people to leave. But I, I think we're going to have to monitor that closely. It's a little of the unknown. Mm -hmm. You know, we've learned a lot from Oregon and hearing what's happened down there um, and uh, and what people are doing. And I think the golf course operators uh, are really taking this serious. Um, and I, I think that uh, 
the environment that is set up for golfers when they arrive might lend itself to avoiding that one golfer or two golfers that show up and are really not interested in following the guidelines. I, I don't think they're they're just going to be forced to go through a process of checking in and teeing off where social distancing is just going to, it's going to happen. Troy Andrew, our guest here, CEO for the uh, Washington Golf Association. Uh, one question, obviously, uh, golf uh, kind of more of a social or a, adventure for some people regarding food and alcohol on courses obviously the clubhouses are are closed but uh for people that might be wanting to bring their own what is there specific rules on that for washington that have been set up um surely we have to follow yeah that so everything's going to be on a takeout basis so snack bars are open uh beverage carts can be out on the golf course because um, that's technically put in the category of takeout. Um, so just eliminating sit-down food and beverage services, and um, we'll have opportunity for golfers to, I'm sure, at golf courses pre-order takeout and, and to go. But um, in regards to food, yeah, I mean, bringing snacks, I would say that we're encouraging people actually to bring snacks, bring water, bring um, you know, even a sack lunch out there to eat, that's not going to be an issue from a food standpoint. The alcohol is a whole different story. Can't do that um, just with the laws uh, of liquor in the state of Washington. So, um, yeah, I think we're just going to see more people bringing their own snacks out, play golf and leave and maybe not want to even um, get takeout. But uh, that might, you know, tr- the trend might get back to people ordering out of the snack bar as we go. Troy Andrew, CEO for the Washington Golf Association. I know you've uh, been very, very busy here these last few weeks uh, trying to put all this together. Uh, we're uh, keeping our fingers crossed. Everything goes well, and uh, you'll be able to uh, keep things open once you reopen on Tuesday. For more information, you can go to wagolf.org, uh, and uh, all the specific uh, details are up from Governor Inslee's uh, letter as, long as, as well as the Washington Golf Alliance. Thank you so much for joining us. We wish everybody uh, the best of luck with this, the proprietors. Hopefully everybody can uh, get out there starting Tuesday, enjoy some recreation, and uh, be mindful of uh, all the uh, guidelines that need to be in place to continue it for you. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate uh, getting on, and uh, just keep uh, upwards and onwards. That's what what we (laughs) hope. Thanks so much, Troy. Take care. Okay, thank you. There you go, Troy Andrew, uh, CEO for the Washington Golf Association. As you mentioned, Harold, you've been working uh, the Oregon Golf Alliance, the Washington Golf Alliance, uh, all the uh, membership there working together. Uh, You've been a resource for Washington to try and uh, help them get to this point. And so for uh, everybody that's headed out sometime this week, uh, just be mindful of everything because uh, Governor Inslee's watching everything pretty closely, and if he senses – from anywhere that things aren't going the way that they should. I doubt he's got any hesitation to shut it back down if he thinks that things aren't working properly. All you have to do is look at uh, California beaches. Mm -hmm. And if uh, people are not, as you say, mindful of the guidelines and able to, to police themselves, then this whole thing could go backwards in a hurry. Yep. 
because he also, in a separate order, extended the stay-at-home order through the end of May. So uh, there are some specific things that have exemptions, golf courses being one of them. We thank Troy for taking some time for us here, kind of letting everybody know what to expect as uh, they head back out. Make sure you uh, go online, check the website, or give a call to your local course, your favorite course. Find out uh, specifically about uh, how they're setting up tee times, payment, those sorts of things. So uh, once you get out there, basically you can just check in and go play uh which is what they want you to do so uh when we come back time to ask the pros harold's got some ideas he's been thinking about uh, some tips i need to figure out how to uh, not hit it left now which was never a problem so we'll see where i start <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll be a process don't don't get me wrong still to come <laughs> jeff simon's director of resort services for band and dunes he'll join us at 8 45 in the business of golf as we make the turn here it's golf in the northwest on 1080 the fan Tips for your game from award-winning PGA instructor Harold Bluestein. It's time to Ask the Pro on Golf in the Northwest. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market. 835 here this morning. Center and Saint follows us at 9 o'clock at 11. It'll be a replay of the uh, Oregon Ducks 2011 Pac-12 football championship game over UCLA. The first Pac-12 football championship game. And then at 5 o'clock... A little uh, World Series Game 2 2017 World Series replay. The Dodgers uh, tank it in extra innings against You're living in the past. (laughs) It's all we got for sports right now, my friend. It's sad. You know, I go on. I I always watch sports. I'm I'm either on ESPN, uh, the Golf Channel, or, or the History Channel. So history hadn't changed. But now the, they're the same. The History Channel and, and yeah. the Sports Channels are all the same. They're all about history and what, used, what did happen. So I'm kind of excited about getting things moving forward. We all are. We all are. Jeff Simons, Director Resort of Resort Services, Bain and is going to join us in about uh, eight or nine minutes. But uh, we are in the tip segment, which is your specialty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as I mentioned, I got 45 holes in. Last week out at uh, Forest Hills, uh, my, my home course, um, that pff, they are just uh, rounds after rounds after rounds. It's getting played. They it's, punched the greens yeah. a few weeks ago. Now they're coming into beautiful, beautiful shape. Um, the fairways, uh, the weather's been perfect. There's been just enough rain uh, to keep them green. They're not drying out. And uh, so, but what I'm finding now that I was able to get some regular play trying to rediscover how my body's going to work minus 30 plus pounds. I find myself rotating uh, a little quicker through the ball at impact and finding myself now rather than slicing everything right because my hands were behind or whatever the case. Mm-hmm. Now I am uh, getting through a little more swing speed uh, and everything's starting to just come left, which is a good thing versus slicing. But yeah. I don't know where it's going. Well, it's an improvement. I can tell you it's it's like the next step. You go from slicer to a, a puller left to eventually hitting it straight. And and that may happen in our lifetime for it's you. It's going to happen. Yeah, it is? Okay. Yes. So now we knew what the problems of slicing were. Problems of hitting a pull are actually quite similar. And, and it, it may seem like it's odd that a ball going right and a ball going left are, are, are so similar. They're similar in regards to the path of the club head through impact. 
not the club face. So in your when a club face is open and the path is from outside our target line across to inside our target line, you're going to hit a slice. If the club face is square to your path and you st still have that same outside-in path, the ball is going to go left. The ball always starts out on the on the uh, on the uh, line or the in uh, with the club face. So if your club face is open at impact, the ball should start to the right. Yeah. But with the path being to the left, uh, that's going to create a slice. So anyway, how do we fix it? Uh, you from going left. Number one, check your – a lot of slicers have a tendency to shut their club face at address position because they think that's a cure for for a slice. And when, in fact, it makes a slice <laughs> worse because now you hit a pull and then it slices. So that's not a good fix. So you first have to check and make sure your club face is square to your target line at address position. Secondly, uh, one of the issues that you have, and you said you're rotating better, you're probably rotating better from your upper body but not your lower, So, which is very common. Uh, players who have a tendency to, we say, come over the top or to have that outside uh, to inside swing path uh, will just be moving their upper body with the lower body a little too stagnant. It's not – the lower body isn't setting up for a good position at impact. So there's no stability there to allow the upper body to, to turn from the inside out. So I, I don't know if that makes sense, but that that's really – what the problem is. So how do we do that? First of all, some exercise that Blaine Sites can help you with is how to learn separation, how to learn uh, an exercise strengthening the lower core with the upper core. And so there are a lot of things we do, push-ups and things like that, that, that are great for the upper core. But the, it's those abs in our back, our glute, and our hamstring muscles that have to be stable. Using the lower body is not about spinning the lower body. It's about establishing a, a firm base so that the upper body doesn't swing over the top of it. Uh, and just moving the lower body faster does not help. And that's the assumption. Uh, and some of the information we've gotten in the past is you'll hear – you can't move your hips fast enough. Oh, yeah, you can. Because if your hips move too fast, your upper body never connects up with with your uh, lower body. So you really have a problem. We, I'd have to watch you, and this yeah. is why I encourage players that have this problem to get with their local PGA professional, uh, qualified instructor, and look at what is it in the address position, is it in the swing is there something that we can do, a drill that we can give you to help you avoid that that type of uh, swing path? So I would say for you and for many people, and I'm, I'm speaking in generalities yeah, here, well, I don't definitely. have a choice, yep. is that you're, the problem that you may have at address is your posture. 
and your posture will lead to how you take the club back. So most players either squat too much down, bend too much forward from their uh, upper body, or stand up too straight. That wouldn't make a difference except it directly impacts the angle of your shoulders in the backswing. So consequently, your shoulders are working too horizontally to the, to the ground, and they have to be a little more vertical. And players who tend to bend over too much eventually stand up in the back, back, uh, back swing. So it's getting those shoulders to work at the correct plane. So they should work at a 90-degree angle to, the, to your spine. So if you were to stand in front of a mirror and put a club across your across the bicyclists are going through your parking lot again. Don't 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 get me started on the <laughs> bicyclists. That's a sore subject here at the there fan. Was a, there was a planner out front that was yeah, broken. Uh, well, they're running it. over it yeah, now. So if you put a club across your shoulders and, and uh, so that you can see the angle of your shoulders in the backswing, uh, stand in front of a mirror, take a look at how your shoulders, what angle your shoulders work in the backswing relative to to your spine. Are you standing up and are they becoming more uh, horizontal, your shoulders, I mean? Mm -hmm. And then how are they moving through? Are you standing up and getting your shoulders more horizontal in the forswing? So this is a lot of information, but yep. uh, get with your local professional and, and they can help you straighten this Definitely. out. Definitely. And I know, I know once, uh, once we can uh, start to have a little bit more, uh, interaction with people i'm definitely uh getting you out on a practice tee somewhere and well you know i'm gonna out. i'm gonna practice more than six feet from you well you always do. i'm gonna bring a big i'm gonna bring a two by four exactly. an eight footer that i can whack at you from a distance there you go well sometimes it feels that's what i'm trying to do <laughs> on the tee so i'm trying to avoid that so uh, much romantic tension between you two. Oh yeah there <laughs> the bromance has been going on for years for <laughs> yeah. uh, him, take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Jeff Simons. Uh, he was the director of resort services down at Bandon Dunes. Uh, the resort down there uh, on the southern Oregon coast has uh, been idle since uh, the stay-at-home orders went into effect. But we want to check with him uh, if they have plans to uh, start opening up for uh, play anytime soon. Also, uh, the newest course, Sheep Ranch, was scheduled to uh, debut June of this summer. Is that still going to happen? Lots to check in with him as well as the uh, Caddy Relief Fund. Uh, so we'll talk to him in the business of golf when we continue. Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Which new driver is best for your game? Who makes the best golf gear? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the business of golf every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. 846 here this morning, and uh, the business of golf takes us to abandon and Bandon Dunes, one of the uh, true golfing treasures in all the world. Unfortunately, uh, people haven't been uh, able to enjoy it here over the last several weeks. And uh, right now joining us on the line, Director of Resort Services, uh, Jeff Simons, is here with us. Good morning, Jeff. Uh, I know it's been uh, a challenging uh, last set of weeks, but how has everybody uh, down there in Bandon uh, been coping with things here for the last month and a half? We've been doing the best we can. It, um, when we closed in uh, in late March, it was the first time in over 20 years that we actually closed the doors. And 
and uh, we had to find where the locks were to to figure out how to actually close the place <laughs> down. And kind of a kind of a strange moment. I mean, you know, we we spent so long, you know, kind of getting used to welcoming people to this great place on the southern Oregon coast, and and then to have to answer the telephones and let them know that we weren't open and we weren't able to kind of fulfill their golf experience, it was hard. So we are anxious to get our doors back open and um, certainly looking forward to a, a bright future. Well, and I know it's it's not as simple as uh, some of the local courses here in the Portland area, just making some adjustments and allowing people to just play golf because with the resort, it's a destination. People are staying for a long weekend or a full week and all of the hospitality that goes along with it. Uh, are there any plans at this point uh, for Bandon to, to reopen for at least a minimum of local residents playing golf there? We are. We uh, May 11th is going to be when we re- we reopen, and we're excited. We've uh, we've actually got staff coming back, and we're getting ready for that uh, as we speak, really. And uh, you know, one of the hardest parts was with golf still being able to play it in Oregon. You know, we weren't forced to shut down or close our doors, but being a, a destination resort, you know, having people travel from all over the country, we wanted to make sure that we were doing the right thing for our our staff and our caddies and our community partners. So. You know, it was a, a self-closure and, you know, working with our, our local uh, community and government officials and, again, just making sure we're doing what was right, we, we opted to close. And, you know, working with the same group of people, we feel now is the right time to open back up. Uh, we spent a lot of time working on different uh, policies and procedures to make sure that we can open in what is a a new time for businesses and, you know, it's that COVID-19 time and making sure that we can put in the necessary precautions to do what we can to keep people safe. Jeff, it had to be a tough time because you employ so many people in that community. What accommodations uh, have you made for them? We've done uh, we as much as we can. And, and, you know, our owners, the, the Kaiser family, it starts up with them and their first and foremost is, the staff and the caddies. And so there's been a couple of things that we've done. Uh, we've, we've paid staff throughout the, um, the closure and we've done things from uh, grocery store gift cards that were handed out one weekend with paychecks. Uh, just having staff and caddy play days on Tuesdays and Fridays. So we've opened up two golf courses so that people could get out there and play golf and get some exercise. Our hiking trails have been opened. Uh, so we're trying to keep in touch with people. And then at the same time, um, the Kaiser family and the, and the resort's been active in the community as well. So right away, uh, through Wild Rivers Coast Alliance, which is uh, our community, you know, our community department of the resort started looking at rapid response for COVID-19 funding in the, in the local area. And uh, we provided over $100,000 in assistance uh, to the community through food banks, through small business and economic development. Uh, just trying to make sure that the South Coast, you know, stays as healthy as possible. And, you know, uh, an area that is widely driven by tourism to have hotels shut down and, and the golf resort close. Uh, you know, we went from kind of a spring break time, which is typically uh, the start of the active season, to um, a, a very quiet town. And we're ready to start phasing in and opening and, and bringing people back uh, slowly and surely and getting it back to hopefully where it was and, and beyond. 
So uh, any restrictions on who is can come play? I mean, like you said, there are people coming from all over the country, all over the world to play Band and Dunes. Uh, any restrictions there? We have restrictions from, you know, what what guests will be able to do at the resort in areas that they can go. You know, obviously people as they travel are coming from different areas that have different rules and restrictions. And as we take reservations, we, you know, certainly are, are aware and, um, you know, remind people to use their best judgment and follow the, the orders mm-hmm. put in place by their uh, you know, state or local government. Um, and again, people have been, from what we've talked about, have been pretty responsible and, and aware, you know, that everyone has varying degrees of sensitivity to this COVID-19. And, you know, those that uh, are from Oregon and are looking to come down and, and play for the day and go back home, that's great. We, we plan on kind of phasing in an opening of, um, you know, smaller occupancies and go from there. It, uh you know, the, the plan is to not just jump right into it right away. Mm-hmm. Jeff Simons is our guest director of resort services uh, for Band in Dunes. Uh, the other uh, one of the uh, most hardest hit uh, groups with this is obviously the caddy program. Uh, as they're not uh, regular employees of Band in Dunes, I know uh, you mentioned the Kaiser family. Everybody else has been doing what they can, but you also set up uh, the caddy relief fund as well. Uh, and I know they're probably most anxious to be able uh, to get back out there. But obviously observing social distancing, how are the caddies uh, going to be set up uh, when you resume play uh, to be able to, to make some money but still respect all the social distancing guidelines? So Troy kind of touched on it earlier in his segment. Golf is kind of a unique sport or pastime where you can be very um, active in, in playing the game and at the same time socially distancing yourself from one another you know the the same kind of holds true for the caddies and one of the things that we're looking at doing is as we get into operations and caddies come back to work is making sure that the expectations between the caddy and the player are very clear at the start of the round Uh, you know carrying a bag providing yardages can be done at a distance and you know a caddy can put the golf bag down tell Harold he's uh, 145 yards from the green, where the wind's blowing, where to aim, and Harold can pull the club out of his bag, hit the shot, put it back in his bag, you know, take that couple steps and the caddy pick it up and carry it. Uh, You know, things will be different from we still won't have rakes and bunkers. Uh, Flag sticks will remain in the cup, things like that that you've seen at different golf courses. And then at the end of the round, you know, being able to uh, use disinfectant wipes or – hand sanitizer, things like that to kind of finish up. And then, uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time, but I know Sheep Ranch was set to uh, open in June of 2020. Is that still uh, the plan, or have you had to adjust uh, that opening, uh, given everything that's happened? Uh, June 1 is opening day. We still have a, a you know bunch of uh, excitement around that day. Uh, it'll be our fifth 18-hole golf course that we open up, so we're, we're going to follow the same fanfare. Uh, Mr. Kaiser and co-owner Phil Friedman will be on the first tee uh, to welcome everybody. It'll change a little bit. Normally, there would be a group group photo with everyone standing next together, and that you know won't be the case this year. But we'll still have our opening day coins, and uh, you know just certainly excited for 
people to be able to have the chance to see this uh, new core Crenshaw design uh, on the south coast in the band of dunes it's such an amazing piece of property and and it feels weird because you can say that about every golf course at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort, but the Sheep Ranch sits on one mile of coastline that uh, doesn't just move north to south. It, it kind of jets out there, and you can get as far west as you can on the property. Wow. And uh, you'll have shots where you're hitting actually over the coast from one side of the coast to the next. Uh, the five-mile point is a, a double green that you know holds both three and 16, uh, both part threes. Wow. And it's really just a, a, a tremendous location for golf. And we can't wait to get it open, and we're excited to do that on June 1. Well, there you go. It's uh, it's an exciting time. Uh, we're so glad that uh, you'll be able to uh, start to allow people to play golf and uh, get a little uh, income pumped back down into, their, into the community. Jeff Simons, Director of Resort Services for Bain & Dunes, thanks so much for taking some time for us today. Best of luck with everything. Uh, we're all hoping it goes well, and uh, you can continue to uh, add services back here soon. Thanks for having me. We look forward to having you guys come play golf sometime soon. Oh, oh, I'd love to real soon, we'd Jeff. We'd love Thanks. to real soon. Thanks so much, Jeff. All right. Take care, guys. There you go. Jeff Simons, Director of Resort Services at Bandon Dunes. Uh, BandonDunesGolf.com, all the information there, all the phone numbers. Uh, if you're looking to get down there and uh, take in some golf uh, at uh, one of the true gems uh, in all the world. Well, if you have not played Bandon Dunes, you have really missed something. Uh, put that on the at the top of your bucket list. Yep. You don't have to play all five golf courses. I can't wait to play the new one. I've played four of them. Uh, I have my favorites uh, golf courses there, uh, but I loved all of them. That'll do it for us. Uh, thanks again to Troy Andrew uh, from the Washington Golf Association. Tuesday, the Washington courses are allowed to open, so uh, uh, make sure you check with your local course there on all the new rules and regulations. Uh, Center Insane is up next. Thanks to Will for Harold. I'm Jason. Hit them straight. Did they find my ball? Everything's starting to just come left. Fiji's uh, in Europe. Uh, Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.